All right. Let's do it. Do we already start? Huh? Do we already start? We're starting. Okay. You ready? Yep. You sure you're ready? I just pulled up the article that I want to talk about and what's cool. Cool. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting on you, man. Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. Presented by Cinema Summit. A podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This Welcome is back. Episode us. four of Oof. the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. And it keeps going downhill. I'm Alex Dark. I'm Trevor L. Nelson. Today, we're going to be talking about location scouting. Yeah. Isn't that exciting, right? Exciting. Exciting yeah. fun stuff. Necessary, this was your idea, not, Trevor. I know. I know. Necessary, though. Maybe not the most exciting and sexiest thing in filmmaking, but necessary. Sure. But let's start off. What are we drinking tonight, Alex? What are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking a vodka soda. A vodka with a soda? Sprig of lime. Sprig? A sprig of lime? Yeah, oh, a whole wow. sprig. Wow, that's a lot of lime. Um, uh, and we're drinking a little Tito's that we still had left over from uh, Stage 32. And it's so in a beautiful you. Stella yes. Artois. Stage 32, thank you again for that. And also Tito's. Seriously, if you want to sponsor this podcast, we will drink you all the time. Just send a couple bottles over once a month, and we'll just keep drinking you. Yeah. So delicious. Trust us, we will. Oh, yeah, and we'll keep talking about it. Um, okay, so what's new with us? Let's start off the bat with our typical question amongst ourselves while we try and figure out our worth in the world. What's new with yes. us? Yes, 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 Um Well, I guess this isn't really new, because uh, we... Breaking we, norms. We did this a little while ago. A little bit I, ago. We forgot to talk about it in the earlier podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. So I figure we'll just interject it here. We do no edits, so we're not going to go back and pop no, this into other... No, we don't want to pop it, pop it in somewhere else. No. We're not going to pop and lock it. Because I'm using my deep podcast voice today, and it won't match. No, it never will again. Ever. This is horrible. Um, but we had the opportunity um, a little while back to speak at the first annual... First annual. FilmCon. Can you say first annual if it's the first one? If It has to happen yearly, but if it's never happened, don't you have to wait till the second before you say annual? Well, I guess if it doesn't... <laughs> the inaugural. If it doesn't happen again, it would just be the first. And only... And only. I'm just asking, just semantics. But okay, so we'll question, go first. If it annual. happens twice, does that make it annual? Yes, because it happens every year. Annually. What if it only happens twice? Hmm, I guess you could say it's annual because it happened <laughs> two years in a row. Um, hmm. We're gonna do the 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 groundbreaking first time ever film con in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, at the LA Convention Center, and it was it was pretty fun. We got to speak at a panel. Uh, or on a panel. First, we were lost. First, we were that lost. Place is huge. If it's you've never been giant. to the LA Convention Center, um, and we finally found it. Yep. Um, we got to speak on a panel about equipment. Yeah. Um, what equipment the, to use for indie productions? For those of who, those of you who do not know, me and Alex are huge equipment junkies. Uh, we are constantly buying new equipment, testing new equipment, uh, ogling new equipment, reading about new equipment, wanting to touch new equipment even though they won't let us uh big big uh, equipment guys um and so i think that got us some creds 
to put us on a panel, talk about indie filmmaking equipment and what is necessary and what is all hype. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. We got to meet some cool people. Um, they, I, I don't remember exactly how many people you said showed up, but it was quite a lot. And yeah, uh, for, for an uh, first time, in, in what, what was inaugural? It? An annual? Oh yeah, inaugural. inaugural. Um, yeah, so that was new. What that else was is a- new, Trevor? What else? Oh, that's about it. I mean, we've uh, we've been hammering out the same stuff we've been talking about. You know, if anybody in filmmaking knows, it's a long process to get your projects going. So you know, we're trying to uh, we're trying to polish up one of our scripts for to enter into a screenwriting competition. Figured might as well. You know, if it's just sitting there waiting for someone to fund it, might as well send off some competitions, get some eyes in front of it. Yeah, it's always good to get some feedback. Let them know that let uh, have people let us know that we are horrible writers, and then we move on from there. Cry a little bit and dust us, dust off our pants and get back up and keep writing. Yep, you know me, Dusty Pants. That'd be my that'd be my cowboy name if I were in a western. I think Dusty that's basically pants. everyone's cowboy name, Dusty Pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what's new with us. Uh, still working on our project. Still working on Cinema Summit. Same old, same old. Uh, still sprucing up the studio, uh, making it all nice and pretty for what we need. Um, yeah. Yeah. We just got some, uh, what are these called? Scissor arms for Ooh, our, our podcast microphone so setup. This is how, this is how much we have, don't have anything new to talk about. We're talking about the scissor arms for the podcast hey, on our desk. that's exciting stuff. Not only does it, uh, swivel, but it scissors. <laughs> wow. This sounds like it took a dirty turn, but... <laughs> All right. Um, so moving away from the exciting world of scissor arms for microphones, yes. um, let's talk about location scouting. Okay. Um, you know, last podcast we talked about uh, getting ideas. So we're still in kind of the, the pre-production stage of any production. Kind of figured we'd work through the timeline of a whole production. But uh, so in pre-production phase, you got your script all done. You got the money. You know when you're going to shoot. The question is, where are you going to shoot? Yeah. Um, so... Take it away, Alex. Was that a question? No. Okay, great. Um... I was just kind of musing to myself. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Uh-oh. Um, if... If you were shooting a no-budget script, right? Uh-huh. So you have, let's say, just a couple thousand dollars. You don't... Oof. Like, for the whole thing. Okay. You know? Because yeah. locations can be really expensive. Super expensive. Not only for the actual location, but for the yep. permits. Mm-hmm. And the whole process and everything like that. And sometimes you need like monitors and whatever. So you only have like a couple grand for the whole project. But you did your, like we said in the last podcast, you made your script doable with not that many locations and not right. like and not on the top of a dam. Yeah. Hanging <laughs> from. Dam. Why did I go there? Why? What? I, don't I don't know, think, but you could probably do that one. It'd probably you, be pretty easy to shoot on top of a dam. I mean, like. Why Sound not? issues be horrible, but yeah, it's all MOS. <laughs> um, so but yeah, uh, I, okay. So if you, uh, so yeah, where would be your first place that you would go for uh, your friends and family houses? Totally. Friends of uh, right off the bat, or my own apartment, or someone else's apartment. Um, right off the bat, I'd hit up favors. It, it's favor time when you're working yeah. with a couple thousand dollars. You gonna um, post it up on Facebook? Be like, hey, hey, people, uh, if you happen to have a ranch style tract house. Um, that could be empty, vacant for me 
for uh, do I, is, that a, is, that a, is that a Facebook thing? Um, yeah, maybe. Simply because also then the other peeps who don't have a house but are like, hey, what are you working on? You know, come come a call in and maybe they can help out in some way. But yeah, and I also have some friends on the old Facebook that are uh, real estate agents. And sometimes real estate agents know empty houses that, you know, throw the owner who's trying to sell the house a couple a couple bones. Ah. A couple bones and then shoot there. Um, so that my first thing, you know, I mean, with any production, no matter what you're looking for, always pull in the favors, especially when it's low budget. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, just see what people have available that they're willing to help you out with. Totally. My my first inkling would be a somewhat sketchy one, probably. Um, Back alley. Yeah. Crack den. Got it. Well, sure. It. Actually, even though yeah. even though it's a great period piece, you're in the back alley of a crack den. Yeah. Boom, free. Yeah. Just got to pay and crack. You know, going off on a tangent here already, I haven't even answered and I'm going off on a tangent, so does that count? Mm. This but, is part of the course for this um, podcast. We're going to end up talking about My Little Pony at the end of this movie, this podcast some way. We're going to schmooze, man. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, I've always thought it would be really cool to try to mm-hmm. test out something for like a short or maybe okay. just like try a, a shot or a scene or something. Where uh, you take a a location like, for example, a back alley, right? Yeah. And you enhance it in post with visual effects, more on like the what a normal like set dresser would do, or like production designer. Okay, you know, adding things like, for example, if you were shooting a period piece in the 1930s, adding vehicles in the background. I think and- with I think with motion tracker, that's a lot easier now for the n- no budget filmmaker. Definitely. And um, I think, you know, Element yeah. 3D and things like Mocha. that that are available in After Effects is something people use, yep. you know, frequently. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of cool. I yeah, want to test it out. Yeah, yeah. We, should give, we should give it a go. I, I don't know if we should start off the bat a 1920s period piece, a little hard, but maybe we just, you know, know. Add, add some stuff in the background and take some stuff out and see what we can go. Let's sure. start baby steps. Baby well, steps. Well, I'm, I'm just talking about even just a shot, you know. I don't have to do a whole, sh- a whole short. I'm just saying well, like a no, shot. Look for there, I want you know? to try it. But um, also, there's the magical set extension, uh, visual effects set extension, which can be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, All that kind of stuff. But anyway, okay, so going back to my <laughs> Yeah, answer, you got to answer the question um, so I can I would, move on and answer my own sketchy, question. It's okay. a little sketchy. It's a little sketchy. But uh, Airbnb. Yep, I was going to say. That's your first choice is Airbnb? I'd probably look there immediately, yes. Yeah, me too. Because, first of all, going to friends and family, it's, depending on the scale of the project, yeah. like if you, uh, if it's a two-week or three-week or four-week shoot, I mean, that could be really invasive for them. Well, I mean, just to jump in on that, like I, you know, my old boss has a house and they tend to go on vacation. I tend to watch her dogs and, you know, two weeks could shoot there. She wouldn't care, but, you you know, but I I like the Airbnb. I've thought of this as well. Keep going. Yeah. The only problem is it is, you know, spendy a little bit or it can be. Can be, yep. But... I've always thought, you know, if they have it up for rent already, you could always just reach out to them and be like, hey, I, I want this for four weeks. I can't afford this normal rate yeah. that you're posting up on the site, but would you do it sort of as an outside thing? You got to tread lightly because, you know, some say no filming in it. Right. Um, and some some people have the caretakers living on site. I, I rented an Airbnb and the caretaker lived above the garage and so could hear everything. Um Luckily, I didn't have any murder scenes. Um, yeah, that's MOS. Um, but uh, but 
yeah, I mean, Airbnb is pretty good. It they kind of know that there's going to be a bunch of people in the house. They, you know, as long as you don't trash it, which I don't recommend to do it, even if you have like a legit rental of a house for a set, don't trash it. Yeah, totally. And this is actually that's that's something I think would be cool to explore later on Cinema Summit, either in sort of like a video series or course or something. But how cool would it be to? Have like a, a tutorial where we show up at a, at a blank Super location. Lame. Okay, blank location. Um, just like a white wall apartment. Okay. You know, like the worst possible With thing. a script in mind? Doesn't matter. Okay. Irrelevant. The, uh, the idea is... Um, <laughs> Most of my comments are. The, the idea is to show how someone could walk into just like a person's house that isn't really mm-hmm. ideal and try to enhance it for set production. dressings and all that yeah so i mean without yeah. damaging it yeah. and stuff like that and like, without like leaving 3m command strips are your best friend super strong they peel away easily those things are awesome if you're using uh somebody else's property but yeah i mean i mean obviously if we were gonna we we're gonna do that we'd have to have some kind of semblance of what we want it to look like the set dressing so we'd come with the the props and all that but uh yeah yes. that's actually a good idea um i mean because so often people, when they're scouting, are just looking for the perfect location as is, not even thinking about, oh, hey, how can I kind of spruce this up a little bit to make it look even better? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we should give that a go. That'd be, that'd be fun. I like um, that idea. Uh, but for those people who want to explore the Airbnb, keep in mind there is also a website. Not many people know it's called uh, VRBO and also HomeAway. Same company, so they usually have the same listings. They're kind of like the original OG of Airbnb. Before Airbnb had a better marketing plan, uh, they're, they're, VRBO stands for Vacation Rental by Owner, so same kind of deal. Um, and because it's not as well-known, things can be a little cheaper. Uh, HomeAway is kind of a more of a remote remote location, so not you're in your city, but more like in the woods or, or vacation homes and all that kind of stuff. But those are also places to check out, and you can maybe get stuff a little cheaper, but it's the same idea. Just rent it, rent a house for four weeks through that and kind of strike a deal with the uh, owner. Yeah. And there's also sort of the Airbnbs of the film industry, like Pier Space yep. and uh, Gigster, I think, is another one. And then there's a third one. I can't remember what it's called, but you can sort of Google them. Uh, just like film location database, you know, renting from people. And I, th- I think our boys at ShareGrid are now uh, doing. Um, now they're just partnering with with uh, PeerSpace, I think, aren't they? Oh, they are. I, I thought they were. They had their own listings now, but they may. Um, you can get studio spaces on ShareGrid for okay. sure. Okay. Um, I don't you, know if, if that's through like, PeerSpace or if it's if ShareGrid. I thought ShareGrid was moving into them doing it on their own. But I don't know. That may be that may be false. Well, they definitely have studios available mm-hmm. if you wanted to like build something like yeah. a set in a in a studio. Yeah. So there's that option as well. Um, but now, so let's say you have a uh, a location and it is just kind of like a house. You might not know. Before you get onto that, I want to mention also mm-hmm. your you found this actually. Did I? Um, t- I know, shocking, I know. Um, what was that website that you found? You don't even know. I know. This is well, great. You great, found great bringing this up right now. What, you what found? Oh, I don't even know. Nothing you found there. settle over there. Take away your drink. Um, you found state 
and city-owned properties that are like, like yeah. while you still need to get a monitor, you probably need a fire marshal, you need a police officer. They some of them were free, like you could use them for free. The locations are free, yes, but you still have to pay for a permit to actually get them. It's um, it's uh, through the film commission. Okay, it's so, actually the film commission's website, and you can look through all the different properties. And yeah, they have government buildings, like so they have really cool properties, like hospitals and uh, courthouses, and you know they have crazy stuff on there, even like western towns and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, you definitely need to go through the proper channels with those. True. You can't be like gorilla doing it. Um, but maybe cheaper than than you know renting a house where you still have to get uh, you know police officer for sure. or something like that. But there aren't actually that many residential properties. On no, there. that's true. It's more unless it's like they do have. I, I look through these all the time randomly. I'll just look through it to see what what's out there. But mm-hmm. they do have like burned down house or like destroyed houses and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so if you're not in LA, uh, most cities want to attract filming. So check out your film commission websites. They sometimes have uh, locations listed that you get for free. You still have to get a permit. Um, you still have to get some, you know, uh, government officials to be there during the shooting sometimes. But it's a definitely a cheaper option than going full, you know, renting a, a bank that yeah. uh, somebody and then you have privately to pay like owns. Five grand a day yep. for the bank. Yeah, for the bank plus all the personnel that need to go with it. Um, so check that out. But uh, not to interject. Go ahead. What what you're saying? Oh well, I was saying you have a location and you are in pre production, right? So mm-hmm. what do you do on your location scouts? What's like the main stuff? Uh, dream scenario: going. Do I have all my my main crew with me? I have my DP. I have my art department head of art department. Um, sure, but okay. like you know, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would look first and foremost. I'm looking for the things that I can't change easily. So, like, if I have the art department there, I feel I can change set dressing a little easier. So, the first thing I look for is natural light. See what kind of lighting gets in there, because you know, if we're shooting at two. And there's a window that is completely being blown out by the sun. Got to keep that in mind. So I'm looking for natural lighting, talking with my DP, saying, okay. And then also I'm looking at the space of it, the the size of it. Can we do what we want? Can we get the camera movements we want? Um, Stuff like that. Um, That's my first kind of look at it. It's like... Does it, I've kind of most places I've already seen pictures, so I kind of know it will work for what I'm doing. But then it's getting to the technical side where I'm looking at natural lighting. I'm looking at um, the size of it. If I'm gonna, you know, I don't want to be coming into a room that's five foot by five foot, but it looks cool in pictures because they always make rooms look bigger in pictures. Uh, the whole real estate scam um, with a giant Alexa setup that is, you know, just just massive and can't very can't move very easily. Um that's what I look for first. What about you? Well, do you do you actually measure it and and like make diagrams and stuff or do you just Yeah, well, I also note? do that with uh cuz of my shot list. So I know, you know, if I'm and it also helps the art department. Like if I know that this is where my shot's going to be and this is what I want in the shot or need in the shot, I I kind of diagram it out, take measurements. That's why that cool thing that you said that was awesome a while ago that uh measurement yeah, the the Mosier, the Mosier, whatever it's called. Uh, I think that is it. The the yeah, something like that. I don't Mosier, know how to say it, but that's M-O- how it's kind of spelled. M O A S U R E. Um, yes. The Mosier 
that's kind of cool because you can kind of get a, a size dimensions and kind of diagram it out because I like to do overhead shot listing um, yeah. and storyboards. Um, so, yes, I definitely take measurements and work with everyone on that. Yeah. Two things I would add to that, or maybe more. I don't know. We'll see how <laughs> many how many I come up with yeah. as I talk. But um, I definitely make note of where power is. Uh, how many outlets are in each room, and what yes, the, I was say that next, yeah. the, uh, the amps of each circuit is. Mm-hmm. Take a look at the, the circuit breaker um, uh, so you don't overload stuff because, you know. Yeah, luckily now with our with the move towards LEDs, you don't have to worry about it as much, but still good to know. Still yeah, good to know. well, you definitely can still do it. Yeah. I've done it. I've blown circuits. <laughs> I was at uh, I was on a shoot. Uh, it was for a YouTuber, RCL Beauty 101. Okay. And we shot in the Plug. backyard of a uh, a well-known actor. It was actually one of the actors from Homeland. Oh, um, okay. Who, for some reason, we were shooting in, the, in his backyard and in his house the whole day. Um, but I was using LEDs, just these Cineo remote phosphor LEDs in the backyard, plugging them up, and uh, some... Uh, uh, what else was that? oh yeah Kino celebs and stuff and mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. somehow managed nice. to blow the circuit I think because it was on the same circuit as a he had this little pond oh, and there was like a pump it was almost like a pool pump pumps I, I didn't know that existed back there but yeah so well yeah especially when you're you're shooting at somebody else's house and they're still there like you're shooting outside you know these people could. Um, you could be plugging into the same circuit that somehow is connected to their microwave, they, and they're heating up something, and boom, blown. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's good to know just what what you're dealing with there. And and uh, another thing I would say I like to keep track of is where things are going to go in terms of loading and equipment. Like, how are you going to stage equipment? Mm-hmm. Because ugh, this is just one of my pet peeves of all time on projects Uh-oh. is. Loading in, asking, like, where should I put this stuff? Uh, getting kind of like a, oh, maybe over here, answer. Then you put it over there, and then, you know, 30 minutes to an hour later, you have to move everything because yep. they're like, oh, we want to shoot in that direction. Yep. It's like, no, no, no. Let's find a spot where we're not going to shoot ever. Uh, or Having two rooms would be key. Yeah. Or yeah. at least, um, you know, being able to plan for it so yep. you don't just, like, hastily load everything in <laughs> and uh, have to move it later um so those those things i definitely look for you mentioned the the natural light there's a, yeah. a there's a cool app you can get called Sunseeker. oh i thought um, it was gonna be called natural light yeah missed opportunity yeah i know well actually i don't know they might have one called natural light i'm okay. not an app specialist i mm. there's probably multiple lame uh i think Sunseeker is an apple app but they have uh, a similar one lamer. for uh for android Yay. and uh it's basically it's kind of like this uh augmented reality almost thing where you hold up your phone and you kind of like use the screen and you look around and you can see where the sun's going to be at different times. Oh, so it's kind of like, you know how like Google has that app, the Google stars, I think exactly. it's called star map or sky map yes, or something like that. It's you exactly just like that. move it around and it shows you where the stars should be yep. <laughs> in LA. There are no stars Yep. except one, on the screen. Do do do. But okay. But this one has like lines of a, of like the sun's path and then it shows the sun at different increments and has the time under it. So you can see like awesome. at, at 10 o'clock, it's going to be over here or whatever. And then at Very noon, cool. it's going to be right here. Um, because sometimes, I mean, what you don't 
realizes through different times of the year the sun's um, at different heights in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not when you think about like noon or one o'clock, you always think of the sun as kind of just being straight overhead. But that's not always the case. So sometimes you can plan it where uh, you know you can shoot in different dire- in a certain direction and be backlit for most of the day. Boom. Bet you guys didn't get think you're going to get an astronomy lesson in this. There Boom. we go. Multifaceted. Um, um, yeah, no, so that's, that's, that's really cool. Idea. That's that's a really good idea, and and that also helps because say, I mean, pre-production, especially like no budget filmmaking is not. It's not one of those things where I mean, how many times is it where you shoot for a month? Or you shoot for two weeks and then you're off for a month, and then because other people's schedules change and they're not making much money, so they have to go make money. And you come back two week, two you know, a month later to shoot for the last two weeks. And so, what was a good sun position the first two weeks is not a good sun position the second two weeks. So, yeah, if you can kind of guesstimate, got to flow with it. Yep, if you can got to guesstimate where the sun's going to be a month from now, bam, even better. Yeah. Makes things running a little bit smoother. Not bad, not bad. Another thing I want to go back to the sort of the power, the power thing real quick, um, because as we discovered uh, on some shoots before, uh, not all outlets have power running to them. When you think you know they oh, do, you can't just assume yeah. that all the outlets have power running to them. So it'd be good to have a multimeter. Or we have this little thing. It's like. It looks just like a three-prong plug yep. for the U.S. here, and it has a little uh, readout on it. It's not like digital. A, All not straight digital. analog. Yeah, it's just like lights. What up? Three little lights that light up in certain patterns, and it tells you on the actual device like what the patterns mean, whether it's like a-, a grounded, grounded, ungrounded, grounded, yeah, live, exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, that's so, a good point. That's a good point. So having something like that or a multimeter, if you know how to use it, would be great to be able to test just all the circuits. So even especially in- you know, just the rooms that you're going to be at uh, shooting in. And that's especially true for um, standing sets or standing houses. Like a house that, you know, somebody lives in and you're renting out that usually has the power. But if it's a house that is just solely used for renting out as a location, they sometimes don't run power in there because they don't want to have a power bill that they have to pay for. They are expecting you to come with a generator or some other way to power your lights. Exactly, or like you, you were talking about the the ones from the state or like uh, different yeah. buildings. A lot of times, those buildings that they have listed up there aren't actually functional anymore, or it's like certain wings or certain floors that aren't really fun- functional. So uh, you might not have all the access to the power that you you think you will. So yeah, so to summarize so far, just look for natural light, look for room. Uh, as a DP, you're looking for a place to load and unload the gear easily yep. and store it. Um, I'm looking for size of the room and camera camera setups and movement of the room and also what we can do. I mean, you definitely want to get in there early because if you have an art department, they want to they they kind of want to figure out what they need to buy, what they need to make to make the room look the way you envision it. Um, yeah, and that's so that's definitely one thing. So it's not just the technical side, but it's also the artistic side that you want to kind of look into. Yeah, and the logistical side. So that's yeah. another thing is. Where are you going to park? That's like a oh the that's worst. A, that's a huge one. Yeah, because uh, a lot of times it's not a question that's asked early enough. You know, where are where is everyone going to park? Can we reserve some parking? Can we get the the truck or the van or whatever vehicles that you're unloading from up close enough to where you're not you know lugging stuff a block you know down the street uh, from where you could park your truck. 
uh, stuff like that. You know, that, that just makes the production run so much smoother and everyone's so happy, so much happier. I mean, what, there's no better way to just ruin your crew's spirits right at the beginning of the day than to make them saying that we're the directors. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) To make them park the truck a block away and carry equipment. Like why would you ever do that? So, but I say, why would you ever do that? But sometimes the producers just don't think about asking for certain things, you know, like block out, the first, uh, you know, three spots in front of your house so that we can have uh, the truck pull up there. You know what I mean? Stuff or like that. even better, if you are in a situation where you did your location scouting and it's just impossible to bring the truck to where you're shooting. Uh, I want to say when we were shooting in the woods up in the Angeles National Forest, then you can know at least, you know what? You know, I'm going to help my crew out, spend a little bit more money, rent a couple mag liners and just have them be able to cart all the gear in one go rather than having to carry it back and forth, which will kill people. They'll already be tired before you even start shooting, and then you're like, all right, we're going to shoot a 12-hour day, and then you also have to bring the gear back to the truck. Yeah, and it's also just less efficient. It wastes time if you have to sort of mm-hmm. pull things off one by one and carry them. That's just like a waste. Inevitably, you're not going to bring all the gear that you have in the truck to the shoot, so if you are parked away, there are going to be some people that have to run and get the gear. But for the most part, if you can figure out a way to either park close or know that you're going to have to rent some mag liners um, just to help the just the morale of the crew so they don't have to lug all this shit. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it, it helps. Yeah. And another thing, I'm going to go back. We're just, I'm jumping in and jiving all over the place. Get it. Get just uh, um, go with your crazy, crazy but, thoughts. Uh, I'm going to go back to your lighting, your natural light. No, uh, that's too far back. I know. That's so far back. That no. was probably yesterday, I think. Yeah. But, we talked uh, way too much. So yeah, it probably was yesterday. Um, not only the natural light coming from the sun, but I think it's important to take note of light fixtures and uh, different color temperatures. Like if you have a color meter, see what color temperature the lights are in the actual place. Like if you happen to be in an office mm. and you, you have the overhead fluorescence or whatever. Yeah. Like what uh, color temps are those? Do they have any kind of green or magenta shift? Um, if you're shooting outside under like a a street lamp or something or some type of you know outdoor light Uh, those have different color temperatures a lot of times so just making note of that so you can be prepared to try to match that or or uh you know at least correct for it depending on what you want to do it's kind of funny you say that because i was just reading more about uh we talked a while ago on the uh what's cool what's uh what we like uh we talked about the roscoe mix leds uh so roscoe for those who don't know is a i mean they are I would say an industry standard along with Lee for gels. Definitely. Um, they bought a company, DMG Lumiere, a Canadian company, to come out with these lights called Roscoe Mix. Mm-hmm. So what they do, what they have a really cool um, feature is you could take the app and match ambient color temp. Um, so you could go into the supermarket, bring your phone out, and just like it's a color temperature reader, it will read the color temp and then match their LED lights to that. So it's good to know... That, hey, you know what, if I need to match color temp, maybe I need to rent these lights or that. So just jumping on the fact of you saying, like, you need to know what lighting is already there for, like, a yeah. store or something like that. Or, hell, even even if you're shooting at night and you have these lights coming from outside that are, you know, the bright orange street lights that you need to... Yeah, totally, to, the sodium vapors. Oh, you need to, you know, make sure that you, you bring enough duvet to cover up the, the window so nothing spills in. Or... 
you know, like just have the lights match it if you, yeah, if you want it, you know. Ugh. Do you really want the sodium? Totally. Why not? It's cool. Eh, uh, not or you know, the other thing is, uh, for example, if you are shooting outside or like at a bar, maybe, and they have a lot of neon, you might need to match those colors. Or you might know that that's the color you need, and you don't need to match anything, so you can bring less gear. Yep. I'm just thinking of we shot a um, a short for uh, this 100 hour film festival where you are given a prompt, you have to come up with a script, shoot it, edit, deliver it in 100 hours, which works out to about four days. Yeah, and we only shot for one day. We only shot for one day, but because we knew where we were shooting, we did this really sweet shot outside with a single light with our camera knowing how much light it could take in with its sensor. We didn't need to light it out there. We, we had one light just to kind of illuminate the actor's face because the, the big light that was already installed on the building uh, was a backlight. And, mm. and uh, So if you know what the situation you're getting into in terms of lighting and what's already there, you can either save yourself some rentals or know, how to, uh, know what you need to do to match that light. Yep, exactly, exactly. Um, and then I would say, oh, yeah, so... One thing that uh, Trevor and I just got is this uh, Illuminati color meter. It's also it's a light meter slash color meter. Love it. So I would definitely bring that, and it's like three hundred bucks. Yeah, not bad. Not color bad. meters are so expensive if you buy like the real deal, the Sakonic. But this is a real deal, like like you know, you're just talking about the old school. Yeah, I mean, I, saying this isn't the real deal is kind of throwing it under the bus. Well, I just nice don't know. I don't know. I haven't compared the two. I don't That's know true. how accurate it is. That's I don't know. a good point. Yeah, but uh, maybe it's not real. I, who knows? Maybe it's who just knows? a fake. Do we even own it? It may not even exist. It's, did I dream that? Did we dual dream that? That's oh, weird. Man. Oh, that'd be weird. Oh, um, man. Okay, I, yep. I think, you know, those, the real ones, the Sakonics, the, those are like fifteen to $1,700. Yeah. This one's 300 And it's great. Um, I love it. I love that. And thing. it's pretty cool. So I definitely, I'm excited about doing more testing with it. We just got it a little bit ago. So mm-hmm. going to bring that on the next location, Scott. We do for sure. And also as a director, um, depending on the scene, I like to be able. You know, I, I was talking about the uh, the size of the room and measuring it out for like set decorations, for lighting, and all that. But just for blocking out a scene, like if yeah. you if you can block out a scene and know, especially a scene that has a lot of action in it. And I'm not just saying like you know, flying kick ninja style. I'm just saying action of somebody like walking away from somebody or somebody being upset and just. Kind the of ultimate off. action of somebody ultimate, walking yeah. away from somebody. Ooh, this is an exciting movie. Uh, yeah. Hold on to your pants, because this is going to be an awesome movie with someone getting angry and walking away to the other side of the room. Yeah, old dusty um, pants. <laughs> well, not exciting, because the walk away from the person is only two feet because the room is so small. Exactly. <laughs> not that dramatic. But yeah, just any kind of movement in a scene, it's good to know what kind of room you're working with. Exactly, and uh, to that point, you can if you have access to some kind of large space, um, you can tape out the dimensions of the room and actually go through the blocking rehearsals and stuff like that in a taped out space that is the actual size instead of just doing sort of rehearsals that maybe aren't that uh, specific to the location. They're just kind of like, I don't know, yeah, feeling it out, rough rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that that can make the rehearsal process a whole lot more effective, I think. Oh, especially, absolutely. Especially if you're doing uh, action, like you said. Yeah, like walking away. Because action. not only can you block the actors, but you can block camera if you're mm-hmm. doing an action scene. 
um, one thing you could do is just like pull out your phone or something and actually sort of record a, a test and then cut it together, see how it's going to flow, almost like an animatic type thing or like a, yeah. a little uh, pre-pro action. Sweet. So if I have somebody walking away from somebody angrily, yeah, we're, we're putting this movie we're in the same least, realm as John we're Wick. At least three moves. Oh, John um, Wick. A jib. We're oh. gonna need a. Uh, I want a, an a overhead shot cam. of them walking away, just to show how dramatic it was. Techno crane. Yeah, for sure. Techno crane in a five foot room. <laughs> yeah. Techno crane through, through the, window. the window. Through the window of a guy walking away slowly but angrily. Angrily. Then we. Need, I need the shot of the face of him being angry though. Yeah, it's got a techno brooding. It's got a, it's got a boom down yeah. techno crane out straight into the face. Rack focus onto the eyeballs. Yeah, this definitely. is why we're geniuses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that's uh, that's the. I mean, and the other thing you could do is, you know, it's kind of cliche to say like, but if you do a walkthrough and a location scout. Just to get to know the person who's the point person of the location, who owns it, who or who manages it. Kindness goes a long way. You get to know them, you, you know, you chum it up with them, and they're more likely to give you a little more leeway. They're likely to let you stay an extra hour to half an hour past the time you're supposed to be out. You know, they're they're you know, you gotta be out by nine. Well, they're more than enough more than willing enough to kind of let you say, Okay, wrap at nine and then you can load out. After nine, it's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I like Rapid you guys. nine, but like tail lights at ten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so just to get to know the person who's there, to know the person who's going to be monitoring you the whole time, um, you can get away with a little bit more, not so much wrecking the place, but just uh, doing things that they may not necessarily like, but aren't dangerous. Um, you know, just put on a smile, kind of schmooze, yeah. schmooze a little. Um, I actually heard um, an interesting idea the other day. Uh-oh. I thought it was it was kind of a cool idea. Okay. Um, uh, I don't even remember where I heard it. I, was, I thought you were about to say I don't even remember the idea, but it was cool. I don't remember where Trust I heard me. it. Trust me. Okay. It was um, the coming. idea of shooting a um, a bedroom scene in the living room instead of the bedroom. Like pulling out all the furniture Okay. and taking the a bed and putting it in the living room like dressing the living room to look like a bedroom just cuz it's larger just cuz it's larger and mm. it's on the first floor mm. if it happens to be a second story house you don't have to lug all your gear up to the second story but you have to lug a bed in there which isn't as heavy as all your gear no but a bed frame too i mean i i could see i could see the pluses and minuses of it yeah um, well obviously if you have a room that you already like then you wouldn't want to yeah. do that. But if you want to make it a little bit more conducive for shooting. Yeah, and then what also that helps is if you kind of make a room on set, then if you need to go back and do some uh, some pickups or something like that and you don't have access to that house, you have all the equipment to kind of – equipment and props, I should say – to kind of go to another like blank room somewhere else, maybe rent a little warehouse, a little storage unit or something like that, and recreate that room a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you could go do your your reshoots in the room and make you know a, a corner of our studio kind of thing look like like the bedroom, and you're good to go. Yeah, I believe uh, just for people's reference, I believe that was from the Just Shoot It podcast. Ooh, look at you! Shout out to other podcasts. Shout out to the Just Shoot It podcast. Yeah, it's a good podcast. Good podcast. Um, I like that podcast. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, any other any other real big things that you see when you want to go on a, a, a um, location scout? So, well, here, another app that I use often is called CadRage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a viewfinder app. So, yeah, what I like Love about it is you can actually sort of load in what camera you're using and the lenses, and it knows sort of what the framing will be on those lenses with that camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can say, like, I'm shooting on the Alexa on a 35 millimeter, and this is what the frame is going to be. So you can sort of snap some photos. Sniggity snaps. Sniggity snaps, some photos. Have someone stand in, and you can sort of plan out your shots that way. And when you take the photo, it has all this cool metadata, like which direction you're facing, Ooh. Uh, how <clears throat> high the camera is. Okay. And, uh, you know, the tilt angles and stuff like that. It's all sorts of crazy stuff. I think I think location scouting is basically another aspect of do as much as you can before you actually get to shooting. Because once you're rolling, you're just burning money, basically. With actors, with crew, um, you know, I know it's no budget filmmaking, but at some point you're going to move up to actually paying your cast and crew. Um Yeah, and enjoy the the freeness of location scouting when you're yeah. at the no budget level because yeah. when you actually have budgets, you have to pay everyone to show up to those yeah exactly but what a great resource when you're kind of just winging it yeah to be able to plan ahead go there use your own time basically walk through it walk um, through and, and just do it i mean hell get get your uh significant other to come along and be a stand-in for the actors if the actors don't want to do it or they want to get paid for it um have as many people as you can there to bounce ideas off each other because if you know what you're getting into on the day of a shoot the more you know, the quicker it's going to run, the smoother everything's going to run, and you're not fighting time to get all the shots you want off. It, it all comes down to, to, to pre-planning as much as you can, especially when you're doing no-budget filmmaking, because the more you can do before it's costing you money, the better. And a lot of places that you're renting and giving money to will allow you to come and check it out early, because they just want to make you happy because you're going to pay. And, and a lot of the times, you're not you're not going to pay until you know that that's the place you want. So they'll, yeah, exactly. they're just kind of, it's kind of a, a it's dating a necessity, game. Really yeah, for it's them. a little dating game. They just want to feel you out. You want to feel them out and, and go, go from there. Yeah. Um, so get in there as soon as you can, as many times as you can. Um, and just make it, sh- make sure that the spot you're shooting, you know, back, the, like the back of your hand, you know what you want to do in there, what you can do in there. And, um, do that as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about locations, one one other thing I thought I'd mention uh, as a good resource are you mentioned standing sets, talking about houses, but standing yeah. sets at studios if that have standing sets um, out here in LA, it's kind of probably more prominent than anywhere else, but um, they have reasonably priced ones uh, where you can get like a police station, a yeah. jail, a hospital. Yep. Uh, an airport, an airplane, mm-hmm. stuff like that, a spaceship or whatever. And it's just, it's already up. Um, yeah. There's one called Silver Dream Factory or like Remit Studios. They have all these different ones. Uh, some of them are cheaper than others. Some of them have student rates and stuff like that. And other ones are pretty expensive, like in the $3,000 a day range. But um, I don't, and speaking of student rate, I don't know how many times I've had people. Talk to me or talk to us about a gear 
where they just pull a student onto a production just to get the student rates for everything. So, sure. uh, you know, don't, there's no shame in it if you're a no budget well, filmmaker. There's a little bit of shame. A little bit of shame. Uh, it's a little but shady. We've all done it. I, you know. Um, also, like, who, ch- I, how, who really checks? Not that they, the, I mean, it's not like, it's like, you know, it's it's one of those things of like taking a penny at the convenience store, but not leaving a penny. Yeah. It's like it's it's not the end of the world, um, but a lot of people do that because there are student discounts. So if you know if you know a film school near you, and they're they the location you want has a has a film school discount, take advantage of it. Bring a bring a film student on as a PA. I mean, one you get a PA, and two they get some experience being on set. It's true, and uh, or you just say like me, I'm a lifelong student of the world. Yeah, but sometimes you have to actually show a uh, show proof of show being a lifelong pr- student of the world. Yeah, if you're a lifelong student of the, the the world, you have flunked out a lot of times. Well, yeah, but I, I I'm still I'm haven't graduated yet. It's just it's just a long path to the this. The I would love a I would love a eighth year college student to be like you know what I'm just a student of the world and that's why I haven't really done anything with my life or I continue to spend money. Yeah, well, you know the diploma for being a student of the world is death. So, God, you just got real morose there. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. That just that took a dark turn. So, if you're a student of the world, the only thing you have to look forward to is dying. It's dying, but well, in in such a learned fashion. Such, yeah. It was so much information about life. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about for uh, the locations? As we go off on tangents that have nothing to do with uh, locations. No, I don't think so. I think that's it. I mean, again, like we said, find the cheapest option. Airbnb is usually it. Um, sometimes your film commission will have links to free free government-owned places. Um, ask the friends and family. Don't be shy about that. Um, a lot of people will be cool to say that my house is in a movie. Um I mean, we shot a movie that was kind of built around the idea and the fact that uh, they had access to a cabin and could use it for free. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, So no matter what location you do get, get in there early, get in there as often as you can, bring as many people as you can, and just plan, 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 plan. Especially no budget, budget filmmaking. The more you plan, the less stress you have, the more shots you can get off, and the better it overall goes day of. Definitely. The more you know. Bing, bing, bing. I wonder if, I wonder if the younger generation even knows what that is. No, they probably don't. They probably don't meme. Even, they don't even know what Deke is, man. Oh, my God, Deke. <laughs> I made this. Um, okay, so moving on, moving on to our other segment. What do we think is cool out there? What's now, cool? like we, like Alex and I have said many times, we are equipment junkies. So mostly about the what is cool section is going to be stuff that we want to buy, wish we could buy, want to buy. Hey, if you're listening, companies That's give not us true. Give us, give us a, give us a, uh, give There's us a deal. Give us cool a demo stuff unit out there when you're a student of the world. Man. Oh God, just get off that. <laughs> it's not going to stick. Uh, so yeah, companies, if you want to send us some of your stuff that we could test out, that'd be cool. Just saying. Yeah. Self-plug. Um, Trevor with his hand out always. Always. Oh, my gosh. I made it through this world with my hand out. Mom, Dad, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> my grocery stash is running a little low. need some money. Just uh, put it in my – just Venmo it to me and say, for being our son so I don't feel so bad. Uh, uh, but, be sure uh, to note that it's it's for beer, 
Yeah. Uh, so all- I don't forget and accidentally buy food. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's for beer. Uh, summer's coming, so I need to get my beer weight on uh, so that I don't have to eat. I just burn fat that I build up from drinking beer. Yeah, it's harder to burn. It's harder <laughs> to get sunburned when you're just so much mass. <laughs> Actually, it's much easier. There's so much mass for the sun to hit from drinking beer. Um, but right, so- what do you got, Alex? What do you got? What do you, what do you think is cool out there? All right, so my my cool thing is, that I just found is Mr. Horse's Motion Designer Bundle. Ooh. Now, Mr. Horse uh, makes... Horrible name, but awesome product. Yeah, it's a great name. That's true. They, uh, they make uh, plugins for After Effects, uh, one called Animation Composer, mm-hmm. and the plugin itself is actually free, and it includes a few little things, but then you have all these add-on bundles and packages yeah. and whatnot. And basically, what it does is it really makes animating text and images and different things a whole lot easier because it uses sort of preset designs and you can tweak them and stuff like that in the actual plugin. Um, So there's just like thousands of different types of animations. Um, So for text, for example, you can have it like swing in the whole sentence word by word character by character in different styles, 3D, 2D, all sorts of crazy stuff. Pixel Actually, I don't think it's pixel by pixel. Not really. But um, so their motion designer bundle that I just found has some extra stuff. Uh, it has like shape transitions, backgrounds, titles in the thirds, textures, sound effects, stuff like that. Uh, just to make your motion graphics work a little bit easier. Um, I love it. Use it all the time. I've used it on probably like 100 motion graphic projects at this point uh, basically everything that i do in after effects that's a motion graphics project has at least one mr horse uh animation composer effect added don't mind it. me i'm just checking out the bundle this is sick this is cool. awesome yeah mr horse killing it way to go mr horse it's a little expensive it's 300 dollars. i mean yeah worth it, worth it. For yeah me, i mean i okay so i don't do motion graphics as my profession, but I do it professionally. Does that make sense? So yeah, I get paid to do really, it. But we'll go with it. I get paid to do it um, every once in a while. It's not your job. It's not my job. You're not so, going out there looking for motion motion graphic not. jobs. Definitely not. But I get paid to do it. So two two hundred ninety nine dollars would easily be that's one half one. of a gig. Yeah, like, that's true. Whatever. Yeah, know, depending so. on who it is, that's a half a gig. Or yeah, that's Ooh, half man. a day. Half a day. Animated texture, sick. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan of this. Pretty cool. Shape elements. Man, yeah. All sorts of cool stuff. So that's my thing. Uh, Check it out. You can go to MrHorse.tv. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to blow Alex's uh, $300 is a little pricey out of the water. Just explode it. Because what I found, and you know, you know, everyone every once in a while says what they do if they won the lottery. Um, And this is one of those things where this is, you don't buy this. You rent it. You you know you you hire the company to do what you need them to do, but it's still freaking cool. It's called the Huracan, and basically what it is it is, is that a combo of the word hurry and cam, or a, a play on the word hurricane? Um, it's actually half and half. It's a play on hurry and can, so it's a oh. quick open can. Yeah, speaking of beer. 
Quick open uh, can. Yeah. yeah I just need to get my beer to me quicker and get fatter much faster. We do um, need that. No, it is Cam. It is Cam. Huracam. It is actually a mix of Camera. Didn't see that one coming, did you? And a Lamborghini Huracan LP610-4. Ah, so it's a play on the name of the car. Name of the car, which nobody saw that coming because who would expect a play on a Lamborghini? So basically what it is, it is a follow camera on a Lamborghini. It is a, it's the world's fastest camera car. I don't know how many instances you'd need a car with a camera attached to it that can uh, go from 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds with a top speed of 180 miles per hour. But you never know. You never know. Maybe you're, you are know, want to keep up with uh, some race cars like, uh, what was that, Iron Man 2? Was that 2 or 3 where the... Where, uh, I don't he was watch racing. Those movies, yeah, I, I know, I know. Where they were, they were racing through Monaco. But I mean, that's it, actually. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I do know. That's the one with uh, the wrestler. Yeah, the <laughs> the wrestler. Right? Am yes, I right? yes, yes, yes. Um, Mr. Whips. That is uh, Mr. Whips a lot. Mr. Whips a lot. Wow. Um, yes, I think that is. I think it is. I think it's two. Yeah, it's two. Uh, with Mickey Rourke. Um, so you need to follow some uh, some race cars. There you go. You got the Huracan. Now the kicker is that the the Lambo costs two hundred thousand dollars, right? Expensive, you're thinking. But to use it, you have to attach uh, IDO or Incline Dynamic Outlets five hundred thousand dollar gimbal, five axis gimbal, the CS the GSS C five sixteen five axis gimbal that attaches to the Lambo. What are the what are the five axes? Axes. Axis. Axis. Um. Let me see. You got. Does it? Is it counting sort of like the shock absorber aspect of it as part of the gimbal? I would. I think the stabilization is probably one of it. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, First of all, no one would ever buy this. No. 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 Okay. And actually, I don't even think it's for sale. No. And it is. This it's, is it's like th- such a specialized. It's, pro- least, product, it's leased out. It's leased you, out. I. I can't. You want to know what's cool? This is cool. Tell me, this isn't cool though. I, I just don't know, because most of the time, right, when you're shooting stuff, uh, you speed it up. You shoot it slower and you speed it up. Right? But it's not about, it's, but you're not going to, so you're saying you want you want a race car to go 20 miles an hour and then you speed it up? Yeah. Tell me, tell me anything that is sped up in post that looks organic. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a little <laughs> franchise called Fast and Furious. <laughs> get, get out of here. That whole movie was shot at probably 15 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. And they probably u- they probably could have used the Huracan. Just saying, it's safer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Mr. Safety. Um, I'm just saying, you want to know what's cool? That's right, cool. A Lambo with a $500,000 gimbal on it that can just outpace any car. That's cool. All I'm saying is name one other reason you would use it other than shooting race cars. Oh, I'm sorry. Fast and the Furious is a multi-billion dollar franchise. Race cars. <laughs> one other reason. <laughs> um, say you want to chase a rocket launch from Houston. A rock- so you have, the, Canaveral, you have Florida, the car sorry. facing straight into space yeah. on a road that you've built 
This actually sounds like a, a Fast and Furious movie. I so, guarantee you the next Fast and Furious, they're going to have a car that launches off a ramp and lands on a rocket that's going to space. That's how they get Fast and Furious in space, you, which is the only have, natural progression for that movie. You have franchise. the dreams of a flat earther. <laughs> just oh, God, don't get political on this. Don't get political. Fine. You don't like my hurricane. I like it. You can screw yourself because it's awesome. Uh, hats, it's off. I, I, hats off to IDO who made it. Good for them. They do this all the time. I, I think uh, I think they, they, they whatever the fastest car comes out, they just they someone always does that. But speaking of cars, what was the name? I'm gonna look this up right now. Remember there was that car that was completely modular. And it didn't look like a car, but it it had yeah, the it's ability. Yeah, for VFX. Yeah, yeah, it had the ability to be have any skin of a car put over it. Yeah, because um, it has like a really, uh, it has a really accurate tracker on it, so you can track its position uh, in space. And and put, it could also you could load in the responsiveness of the steering for any car. And also the length between um, the front and rear axle. I think it stretches out. For longer cars and stuff like that, the Blackbird by the Mill. That That's was crazy. That it, awesome, awesome idea. And and you know what? Like, what's funny? When I think, think of think what's about- cool, I'm I'm just thinking of what's out now. But that, I mean, that has been around for a couple years. But it's still it's still cool to me. It's super cool. And what's funny to think about? I until I saw that, it never dawned on me that ninety percent of the shots, the car shots and car commercials, are not real cars. Yeah, they're just CGI. They're just totally CGI. And this thing can just have the wheel spacing Which, and the just, steering. I, I guess, do you think the the ability to do that and have like the responsiveness, so to speak, of whatever, I think that's probably more so that they don't get in trouble for like false advertising or something. I mean, that's, I mean, you got to be a car nerd to be able to, to realize on a car commercial the handling is off. Well, it's not that, but if you found out that the company was using this non-Kia to show it driving around on like the desert or whatever, you could say, well, that's not the car that I bought. They sold me that car. Are we in the world where people are like taking everything they see on a commercial for face value? Like, But there's laws about that. You You can't fictionalize what your product does. That's true. I mean, there is that story of that woman who... Saw, uh, I think it was a commercial for Campbell's soup or something like that, and she sued because it didn't have as much chicken in it as the com- as the commercial showed. Definitely, but I mean that's that's being pretty petty if you're looking at a car and be like, "Well, my car can't handle like that." I I don't think that's petty because you're <sighs> buying the car based on what's being sold to you from the company. So if you say, "Oh, take it on I a want test drive," take it on a test drive, take it on a test drive for sure. But like, what are you gonna do? Like, take it out to the desert and f- do donuts? <sighs> if you're I like, "I want a sporty uh, yeah. car," and they're like, "Yeah, this car is sporty," and then you realize that it was a little go kart with a camera <laughs> tracker on it, you're like, "Well, God. I mean, oh man, that is that is maybe I just I'm not into cars that much. But if I if I if I saw a commercial of like a Kia taking a curve on a mountain road and then I drove it, I don't think I'd ever be able to like, wait, this does not feel like it's taking the curve as well as it was depicted in that commercial. Sure. But here's the other thing is like, okay, what if, what if it was a camera and you're like, oh, they showed you footage from the camera, but then you found out that the footage was not actually from the camera that 
that you went to go buy. That happened a while ago, I thought. I thought they did push out some footage, and it wasn't even footage from that camera. <laughs> that's hilarious, and now I'd, I'd be so pissed. I don't know, and, and that's because I'm a camera nerd more than I'm a, a car nerd, but, I mean, it's one of those things where you just got to do that research, I guess, because like, how would you find out that it wasn't shot on that unless you get deep, deep dive into it? Un- unless uh, a company called Blackbird releases <laughs> info about how they use a special camera technology to use an iPhone to recreate uh, the images on uh, an Alexa. That's true. I mean, I think a camera is makes even less sense because like you're producing images, so why not just use that camera to produce the images? But... Um, yeah, I mean, I get it, but man, that is that is that is some deep dive and petty stuff. Like that is some shit that I am just like, wow, wow. But I get it, I, I get know. it. Like, All I'm saying, I, I'm not saying that's why. I'm just guess. I wonder. I'm curious if that's why they have to have the steering be that accurate or whatever. Like have it so the steering matches the handling of it. Because why else would they need that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that that's a good question. I, I understand why they can transfer, why they need to transform the chassis to, you know, match right. length and width because they're CGIing over it. Right. But I don't know. I mean, you know, looking on their website, it just basically says uh, it could be programmed to imitate acceleration curves and gearing shifts and the adjustable suspension. But that's so hard to like to me. To me, like you know what? There are people out there that could tell you from the sound of an engine what engine it is. So. You know, you just gotta. If accuracy is key. No, oh, that is definitely not me. Yeah. If I if I listen to my car, I'd be like, "Oh, that sounds like a 1984 lawnmower." Hoopty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go kart, yeah. My, yeah. Um, so, but I mean, you know what? If they have the technology, it's just one other thing that they can say, "Hey, use our car instead of using uh, another fake car that you're gonna have to CGI, CGI over anyway." Yep, exactly. All right. So since my uh, What's Cool has been shot down, it's time for me to go get another drink and end this because, oh gosh, my $200,000 Lambo with a $500,000 gimbal on it was too stupid to be cool. (laughs) Cool. I'm glad you realized it. I did. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) I'm sorry for everyone out there as we're talking about a $700,000 setup uh, on no budget uh, filmmaking. Yeah, go think about what you do. I'm in timeout. Yeah, okay. Then then, uh, send us out. All right. So, thank you all for joining us for this episode. Uh, you can get the show notes by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode four. And don't forget to hop over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. While you're there, give us a five-star rating if you like it. Also, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at Cinema Summit and tell us if you think Trevor should be allowed back on the podcast. Hell no! All right, we'll see you next time.